Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Last week, we were talking about the power and the influence of, of witness. But I also understand that today he wants to release authority in your life. He wants you to flow in authority. He wants you to function with authority. And uh, you must come into the place of understanding that authority is always given and it's given for a purpose. So can someone say to God, I receive authority. I receive the authority that you have for me. You know, Jesus said something uh, in, uh, in, in Matthew 28. Uh, he said... Um, uh, and I have, I, he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All right. Now, we, we live in a day and an age where viruses are telling us that you, no matter the level that you are in terms of development, you are no much to what the earth can decide to do against you. What creation can begin to misbehave and your development would not save you. Your sophistication, your level of knowledge would not save you. But I have this sneaky understanding that there is an authority that can speak to that virus. Because everything is word compliant. Everything must come under subjection to some information, wisdom, and, and understanding. And I want us to ask God, for those of us that are in the science field, may, may God give you the authority to discover how to outdo viruses. You know, there are so many viruses that uh, you are told that uh, when they attack you, you just have to flow with it. You know, they, 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 you can't do anything about it. It must live its uh, life. Now, what this corona guy does is that it comes and inhabits your lungs and uses your lungs as a manufacturing base. So if nothing at all, I'm excited about the fact that God can issue authority that we can, you know, authority is always functional within realms. That's why he said all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. So can someone begin to ask God, give me the authority that is necessary in my realm of influence. The authority that is necessary so that I'll be able to govern, I'll be able to function. Now, now some of us will be going out meeting people who, who need that authority so that you can exercise authority. You know, you even are given authority to drive. When you misbehave on the highway, that authority is taken away from you. So I receive the authority that is necessary for me to function within the space that God has given me. Anyone who has a need that I encounter this week, may I have have the needed authority to help them, the needed authority to bless them, and anything that the enemy brings in our way, in the ways of those that I have to interface with. I receive the authority in heaven, I receive authority on earth to function to the fullness that I may be an effective disciple of God. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to accept and walk in the authority that you have apportioned and are able to give to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus introduces them to the fact that there is authority in heaven, there's an authority on the earth, and everything is under his auspices now. So he says to them, now I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he says, teach them, uh, uh, that those that become new disciples, teach them to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, that I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. Uh, can someone continue to let that be their request? I'm interested in whatever authority is required. 
I don't know what you're going to be facing in the coming week, but I promise you, you will need some authority there. I don't know what you're going to be dealing with, but you, you need to become, somebody needs to become an authority when it comes to your math problems in school. Somebody needs to be an authority when it comes to the profession you've been called to. Become a master in that area. Jesus has all authority. May he open it up to you. And for those that are listening, watching, I pray that you would have an understanding where you lack authority. May you come into authority so that you are able to deal. Uh, having authority as a parent in your home, having authority as a citizen in your neighborhood, having authority in your community, having authority in your business, knowing how to function under and with authority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's very important, it is very vital that we flow in the authority as disciples. So I want to tell you a story. There was this boy who was at the age of five standing in his father's house by a swing set and he said to himself and he said out loud that when I grow up, I want to be a priest, but I want to get married. And uh, because he was raised in a Catholic home, and so he knew that the priest that he saw uh, within the ages of uh, one to uh, five were not married. And, and for five-year-old to say, I want to get married, there must be something beyond just his ability to comprehend. And then around the age of 10, he starts uh, serving as an altar boy or a mass server, dependent on where you were raised, you will understand which of the phrases. Now, in the Catholic system, uh, there were younger uh, uh, people that helped the priest. Uh, so they would walk in with the priest, they would uh, serve the communion for the priest and do all the other things, ringing the bell. And this guy was uh, into uh, what uh, he was saying he would be. When he, was, uh, when he became old, but he said, still, I want to get married. Now, around the age of, um, around, I think, uh, uh, 15, 16, he, gets, uh, uh, he gives his life to Christ. And the way he gave his life to Christ was that he had some friends who had given their life to Christ. And they, this particular individual, this lady kept trying to give him tracts, and he kept saying, well, you know what, I, I know Jesus. You know, I, I don't have anything against Jesus. I serve in the church, uh, and uh, I, I, I am, I'm a Christian, you know. And so one day he goes to visit them, and, and fortunately for him that day, uh, the fellowship that this lady belonged to had visited the house. So in the interchange, um, the, he was asked about uh, salvation, and he gave an answer which he later realized that uh, what he was receiving as a response to the answer was kind of weird because it, the more they talked, the more he realized that uh, he, he was not on Jesus' side. He, he knew of Jesus. He served Jesus. It was like the story of Samuel where Samuel served God but did not know his voice. You know, he served God. He was dedicated to God, but he did not know his voice. So that day, he was asked point blank, do you want to accept Jesus in your life? And he said, oh, sure. I mean, I've been hanging around this thing for a while, so no, no problem. But something extraordinary happened. The moment he accepted Christ, it looked like his eyes opened. A joy entered his heart. His life was totally transformed. All of a sudden, he couldn't have enough of reading the word. The word that he had never opened on his own accord, he was now looking for the Bible to read. He, he couldn't have enough. He started looking for commentaries, his dad's commentaries, and, and studying them. He started having Bible studies in his house. And it was all because he accepted Christ into his life. It was the power of someone witnessing to him and saying to him, listen, you've hung around this thing, but you don't know who we are talking about. Now, this person I'm talking about, you are listening to him and you are watching him. And my life was transformed because someone dared to challenge the status quo of what I thought. There are a lot of us that carry the tag Christian because you were born in an environment where your parents took you to church. You may be listening to me and, and you believe you are a Christian not because you asked him to come into your life but because you were part of the system. 
And today I want to say to you, you need to open your heart and let him come into your life and that would spark a change in your life. Now, listen, I don't need to argue with you. I am a witness. You see, the person who has an experience is not subject to the person who has an argument. So I am flowing in this experience that has transformed my life. That's why in my journey, for example, those who don't speak in tongues and say that tongues is not real, I don't argue with you. Because you, you, you just don't know what you are missing. You don't know how to get it. But if you please, I can introduce you to how to get it. So can we live as witnesses? Can we become the reason why somebody will come into the kingdom? And he says, go into the world and make disciples of nations. Make. Over the weeks, we've been describing certain Attributes that everyone who is a disciple should embrace. Number one, you got to have voice recognition. Number two, you got to be one that is very keen with obedience. Number three, you got to be a learner. You open to receive and to put to use. Number four, you got to be teachable and then learn to teach others. We, we also, into the teaching, we talked about relational teaching. You, you don't learn from people you don't like. Number five, you have to be a follower. You're not in front of Jesus. You are following Jesus. Make sense? Yeah, some of us know too much. We got to calm down and, and, and walk with him. Lord, don't you know? He knows. And thank you for informing me. <laughs> Number six, you want to be a leader. If he's calling us to go and make disciples, so anyone who comes into Christ must understand that there is a leadership uh, mantle on your head. Once you are the one that is helping someone journey, then you assume a place of leadership. Number seven, you have to be an example. Somebody must see Jesus in you. Somebody must follow Christ even as they follow you. And number eight, you have to be a witness. And number nine, you ought to operate in love. Number 10, you want to be faithful. Now we want to reiterate that this is not an exhaustive list, but this at least would put you in the right direction of becoming that witness that he expects us to be. Now, last week, we also emphasized that it's important and it's imperative that you understand that a witness is not someone who is parroting something they have not seen, but a witness starts from being one that has an, an experience, someone who has encountered what he's talking about, someone who is living it, someone who is saying that this is what I have touched, this is what I have heard, this is what I've experienced, and that is what I'm communicating with you. Now, isn't it interesting that the fact that you are a witness does not mean that you are a good witness. There are some people who are false witnesses. Uh, there are some people who lie about what they saw. There are some people who, you know, even when it comes to witnesses, there are some who are spectating witnesses. Yeah, there are some who are just bystanding witnesses. You know, they, they really did not, uh, uh, they were standing very far off. But they are still witnesses though, you know. Uh, it, things may be a little hazy, they may not be able to. Uh, but you see, once you are a witness, you're, you're, you're supposed to be uh, one who was touched by the events. So if there is a court case, and uh, it's a very important uh, uh, case, for example, someone's life is on the line, we're looking for witnesses who were part of that experience, not someone who heard someone say something. That, no, 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 no. We, we're not looking for people who had uh, things that were related to them. Yeah, but we're talking about someone who was a participant in that atmosphere, someone who can bear proof and collaborate the story, someone who we are saying was an eyewitness. Sometimes we want ear witnesses. We want people who had 
this kind of first-hand experience. So we are talking about witnessing on, at the level of participation. And I pray that you say, God, for everything you want me to be a witness of, can you help me to be a participant? Can I tell someone that I know that my Redeemer lives? You see, Job is such an incredible witness. He says, I, I'm not thinking. I'm not, it's not a suggestion. I know my Redeemer lives. So he said, though he slay me yet. Why? Because he knows something beyond, you know, some rhetoric somewhere. He says that I will wait for my change to come. Can someone say my change is coming? You know, some of the time we doubt God, not because God has not done anything for us before, but we have not learned to be witnesses. So David stands in the midst of the taunting of Goliath and he says, my goodness, who is this jerk? Who is this jerk? Reminds me of the lion that came to attack my father's sheep. You know, my, my dad has just a few sheep. That is what he has his status on. He is known by the amount of sheep he has. And this lion just wants to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner over his future. No way! Who is this lion? Not today. Maybe try the other shepherd down the road, but not today. So he goes into that battlefield and this Tall guy who is a giant uh, 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 and, and is, is booing all these trained soldiers. I mean, can you imagine trained soldiers every morning line up? This guy comes, boo, and they run. For 40 days. And he's wondering, who is this guy? And then he thinks about the fact that he's an uncircumcised man, a man who doesn't have covenant with God, a God who is able to save him a little boy from a lion, save him a little boy from the bear. And then this man is trying to taunt grown men. What? Are you kidding me? Why? He's coming from a place of an experience. He's not coming from a place where he's been taught Bible stories. He's the Bible story. May you become the Bible story people read. You know, who, who is this that is messing with my destiny? Who is this that is talking from the other side of his mouth? I have seen how God can outdo a person. I have seen things in my life that it doesn't matter who you think you are. You don't mess with this. <laughs> do you understand me? You don't mess with this. So it gives me a confidence it gives me an assurance. It's not guesswork. It's not how powerful I am. It's how precious I am to God. Yeah. Oh, you get it tomorrow. It will dawn on you that you're too precious to God for God to, to look at someone mess with you. And if you would agree and, and rise up in the confidence of who you are, let my son come to me and tell me someone is bullying him. My God. God, that person would have to face me. Do you understand me? Now, whether I can beat him or not is not the issue. That person would have to deal with me. Stop whimpering and think that the, thinking that the enemy has a, a, a strength above your God. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. You've got to be a witness of what God is to you and then we can take it from there. So, I want us to go to Psalm 34. Now, this psalm is written when David is running away from Saul, and actually he begins to feign madness. But in verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, when it comes to being a witness, listen, bad experiences are equally contagious as good experiences. So some people have witnessed certain bad things in their life and they propagate that. 
Some people have bad experiences when in, in church, and so they propagate that. Some people have bad experiences with, with people who call themselves Christians and propagate that. But the fact that you had a bad experience does not make that experience the truth. But David is saying, you just taste God. Just taste God. Then you will see that he's good. And once you have a taste of something, you never forget the taste. You can taste the thing 10 years later, you will be reminded. I remember as a kid, you know, my next door neighbor uh, was uh, his, uh, my next door neighbor, uh, the, 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 the dad was a doctor and uh, he had these um, sachets, you know, um, that had different flavors of milk. Now, as children, we just called it by the color. So we all like the pink thing. Say pink thing. Now, let me tell you what the pink thing was. It was, uh, it was milk with a strawberry flavor. Now, I didn't know what strawberry looked like. <laughs> I didn't care what it looked like at that time. All I knew was that the pink thing had a particular taste. Now, every so often, you know, they'll, they'll mix you one and put it in a cup where you could not see what it was. So it wasn't glass or a translucent plastic. So you just grabbed it, tasted it, you said, no, I don't want it. I want the pink thing. <laughs> it wasn't until I grew up that I tasted strawberries, that I realized that it was the flavor of the pink thing. And I was a kid, but I never forgot the pink thing. Look at someone and say, God is going to give you a pink thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, you're going to get a breakthrough with God that you're like, mm, I need that pink thing. I need that breakthrough. I need to come into that peace that passes all human understanding. You know, that joy that comes in the morning. You know, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, it, it, when the enemy comes at you in one way, God will make him flee in seven ways. And when you've come out of a tight spot, you're able to say to that situation too, that you know what, that God, that brought me out. That same God would bring me out. Has anyone come out of a tight spot before? Stop thinking that this one is going to kill you. No, 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 no. We are serving a God that honest witness. Honest witness. Now, one of the names of Jesus in the book of Revelation is that he is the true witness. He is the what? True witness. He is the first witness who came out of the dead. He is a witness of overcoming life. He is a witness unto us. May God make you and I witnesses. Are you hearing me? May we become people that can stand behind what we are saying and God would not only say that's it, that's my boy, that's my girl, let's roll. I remember those three Hebrew boys, witnesses. They said, listen, King, we've settled this issue. We have settled this issue. You know, these were young boys. They're like, we are settled on this matter. Even if God chooses not to save us. No, their theology was so tight. They said, our God can save us. But if he chooses not to, our decision is we're not going to bow. Do what you want to do. Man, they hit the thing seven times. Even the people taking them in got burnt. You're talking of a God that backs his witnesses. Now, can I introduce you to something you already know? In America, I don't know about other countries, but here we have something called witness protection. Because every now and then, the witness is tempered with. So we allocate resources to highly sensitive witnesses. We protect them. We protect that. And sometimes, if need be, we change the identity. Whatever it takes. Can someone lift their hands and say, God, thank you for witness protection. 
You see, because the enemy sometimes wants you to shut up. He wants you to, you know, that's why some of us are afraid to give our testimonies. You know, we say that God that tells you a thing before he does it. And if the devil was powerful, he would have shut it down. He prophesied about Jesus' birth thousands of years ago. Wise men came into town. They said, we've seen the star. Why didn't the enemy block the star? Why didn't the enemy stop the birth? This witness protection. You kidding me? Some of you are carrying the dream of tomorrow. The enemy, I came to say to you, cannot abort it. He cannot do a thing about it. Because we are talking about a God that is committed to the authority of a witness. He said in every generation, I need to have a witness. You will not die as a witness. You will live to testify. David said, after Absalom was chasing him, he said, I will not what? Die. But I will live. To declare why God needs a testimony from a witness, a credible witness. David would every now and then get God on this. I think he gets God to sit up. He says, You know, God, they are chasing me, they're trying to kill me. Now, if I die, who will praise you? You I, I'm your witness, God. You got to take care of this. We are the witnesses of God. In this region, we are the witnesses of God. God, if we don't break through, people will think that you are, you are not able to do what you said you will do. Someone listening to me. Listen, it been, it's been topsy-turvy. But listen, God is the God that watches over his witnesses. He protects, he defends his witnesses. You are under witness protection. You are under the hand of God. You couldn't take a Daniel out. Witness protection. You couldn't kill Peter before his time. Witness protection. They cannot kill you before your time. Witness protection. Can someone say sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sometimes we, we need to sit up and understand that, hey, God is counting on us. You are the one in that family that needs to be a witness. Receive protection from the Lord. Ask the Lord, God, we're going to witness. Can we have witness protection? By the way, uh, are you enjoying this? So why are you not sharing it with somebody? All right, let me say this to you. You know, people think your church is not hot. Because when they go to the website, they just see a few viewers. And we live in a society who think that when you have less views, you don't have a word. Can we be witnesses? Can, can someone use their whatever now, you're, I give you permission? Don't get distracted. Tell somebody, come and join me. All right, let's, 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 let's be witnesses for the real things. Let the power of God touch you. Let the goodness of God touch you. Let the experiences that he has for you become a reality so that you can begin to pass it on. <laughs> so last week we also talked about this gentleman, dependent on where you're coming from in the world, you may choose to call him Bart if you're from America, but if you're from Africa, you may call him Batty. Yeah, and, and this guy was a blind guy, and the only reason why he gets to know that there's something coming down the pike is that someone is making noise that Jesus is coming by. Now today I want us to look at the account of, you know, the presence of Jesus in an atmosphere that causes people to begin to make noise. Right? And all of a sudden it looks like all the social media goes wild <laughs> and draws people to that spot. All right? So let's, let's go to the book of uh, Matthew. I'll read two texts, all right? So Matthew 9 and then Matthew 14, okay? Now, what I suspect is that there's always a buildup. So Matthew 9 is uh, um, 20, now, in Matthew 9, a number of miracles happen. Now, this lady's miracle happens. Uh, Jesus is on his way to take care of somebody else who has requested that Jesus come to his house. Uh, but, uh, you know, this woman is thinking, this is my last chance. 
And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if only, if I only touch his garment, <laughs> I will get well. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. And at once the woman was made well. Now, you may say that she gets this understanding from the Levitical laws where, you know, the fringes of the garments have the tassels. You've seen those tassels, all right? And those tassels represent the word of God. So what she's saying, literally, is that if I can touch the word of God on him, all right, I can get my healing. Or she's doing it because somebody has said something or an experience has occurred and she's saying to herself that if I can just touch it, all right? So this sets the stage for the next scripture we're going to read. So go to chapter 14. Let's read from 33 to just 30, from 34, sorry, to 36. So Matthew 14, 33 to 36. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized them, they sent word into all the surrounding districts and brought to him all who were sick. Now look at verse 36. And they employed him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were cured. Now, we're looking at a woman touching, now word goes out and everybody says, you know, yeah, you, 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 if you don't even lay hands, can you allow us? Peter, give way. Yeah? John, can you excuse us? All we need to do is touch. Why? Someone has been healed. It's been Noted, this is a, a miracle that is alive in our community. There is a witness. So we are not talking about guesswork here. We know how it works. Yeah. Touch the hem of his garment and voila. Yeah. I pray that you begin to hear testimonies. I pray that you become a testimony. That people will say, you know what? If I can just connect to God just like he connects. If it were not so, Paul would not say to those he was discipling and says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Meaning what God does for you, he can do for me. What God has done in your life, it's a window of what God can do in my life. That's why you don't have to envy somebody's breakthrough. It just... It's a prophecy of your breakthrough. You know, you don't have to be worried that God has left you out. Sometimes he wants to show you a bigger dimension of what is going to happen. And every one of us is a testament of the goodness of God. Please don't make someone feel that, oh, they need to work extra. Mm -mm. You know, sometimes we share our testimonies as if we are so powerful. We give the impression, no, 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 stop doing that. All you do is let the reflection of what God did. You know, every now and then, yeah, we are human, so we like to, you know, embellish it a little. You know, exaggeration is a lie. Do you know that? You know, you just want to make it look a little powerful, a little deeper, you know, a little confusing. No, no, no. If I can just touch no, we're not talking about the whole garment. Just the fringe. You know, it's just anything. It's like the woman who comes and, and, and Jesus says that, I don't have time for you, uh, Syphonician group yet. Uh, you know, I don't give the bread to, to the dogs. He even called her a dog. She said, don't worry about doggy. I need healing for my child. And even the dogs eat the crumbs. You know, the crumb is still part of the bread. It may not be on the table, but it's still a crumb. It may not be in a plate, but it's still 
bread. It still has the power just as the one on the table. So Jesus, doggy or no doggy, I am looking for a crumb. Can you just give me something to take home with me? There is a weakness in the bread and I want some right now. I want some right now. Can someone say, I will be a witness of God's goodness. It doesn't just, just matter the size of it. As long as it's a witness of the goodness of God. Somebody needs to put hands around someone who doesn't have a good car. And you have a good car. And put your arms around them and say, you know what? As God gave me a good car, he's going to give you a good car. Do you understand me? You, you need a husband. Put your arms around that lady and say to that lady, listen, God gave me a good man. He's going to give you a good man too. Do the same with the guys who are struggling. Can we begin to speak into one another's life? Can we begin to encourage one another? God promoted me. You know, I remember when Pastor Zibo said, I got the promotion, not because I filled in an application. Yeah? Now, guess what happened? Reggie didn't have to fill his application. He got his promotion. See, what God does for one, he can. But what's more important in the witnessing is that it releases authority in your life. It gives you the understanding that the witness is proof. See, God uh, is dealing with Abraham and Abraham is like, God, this thing is taking too long. God says, okay, let's go outside. He says, count the stars. If you can count them, that's how many children you have. See, God would always try and let you understand, I would do it. Every now and then, I, I also have, I have questions for God. He says, he, he will remind me, he said, say, Fifi, you know, trust me. Yeah, trust me. I've done things for you before. I will do this one too. Every so often, yes, your heart will be whimpering, but you've got to understand that there is a witness in your life. There is a witness in your life. There is something that is saying that because of that thing that he's done, it will come to pass. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is there a witness in your city? Is there a witness in your nation? Is there a witness at work? Can you go look for someone who is a witness and say, tell me the story of the goodness of God? Can you recount what God did for you? Can I just touch you and see whether you are for real? And if that person is for real, can you lift your hands to God and say, God, you will do it for me too? See, there's something about the witness and the authority. There's something about the witness and their influence. Witnesses are very convincing. So when you read the book of John, it is said that there are so many things Jesus did that cannot be put in the book. But this one is written so that we will believe. The book of Acts begins that way. Yeah? It was recorded. Oh, Theophilus. <laughs> that, that the things that happened, you will know that they are real. I pray that God will make you a witness. I pray that you'll be part of the witness circle. I pray that you, this week, this week, my God, anything that the enemy wants to lift up and shout over your head, can you call for witness? Uh, let, let the witnesses in heaven. You know, we have a cloud of witnesses. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we have a cloud of witnesses. Let the sound of Abraham be heard in your bedroom. Let the sound of Gideon. Gideon is saying that where is God? God, if you were here, we would not have been in this kind of a mess. And the angel shows up and, you know, he, he says, angel, if you're really for real, just wait. Let me do this sacrifice. The angel partakes of the thing and passes through the fire. And as soon as that happens, Gideon establishes an altar of peace. Jehovah Shalom. Peace didn't only become what kept him. Peace became his weapon. God defended him. May you be a witness. May you, may, may, you, may you enjoy the witness of God in your life. And every so often, you know, let's go to Acts 9, 
I think this is important as we close for today. Acts 9, 13. Lord, Ananias answered. Now, this is about Saul. You know, he's, he's been converted. He's, he's, he, and uh, Jesus is trying to send a witness to him. He's blinded at this point. <laughs> and Ananias is like, God, you must not know this guy. You have no knowledge of who you are talking about. Maybe you got the spelling wrong or one angel misinformed you. But just in case, just in case, let me just give you the scoop. All right? So, Lord, he's not mistaking. Ananias knows God. He hears the voice of God. He says, Lord, I have heard from many people. I haven't seen him though. But I have heard from many people about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Look at verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go! All that you are saying, still go. For this man is my chosen instrument to make my name, to take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and the Israelites. Now, he, he, here is a, a man saying, by witness, I can't obey you. And God is saying, I have a witness of his future. There are some of us that don't look like there's a future. But the witness of God is going to open doors for us. People will look at you and think that because of where you came from, you cannot get to where you are going. Look, he, the history of this man's life at, to this point was that he was a man who has been empowered by men. To do crazy things in the name of God. And God is saying, no, 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 I, I got him. I arrested him. I put him under strict future. He's going to be an instrument. He's a chosen instrument of mine. He's going to take my name out to three groups of people. Don't be afraid of what I am sending you to. Who I am sending you to. There are people who have a future that are in your sphere. That you need to go call. It will take an Ananias to bring a soul into the kingdom. Let him experience the healing power of God. This guy was anointed. He goes and the scales fall off. You know, he, he, he brings him into that which God is saying. I don't know what it is that you may be hiding or thinking that you cannot attain. But I hear there is a witness of God over your life. When you read the books of the word of God, they are always witnesses. Witnesses on earth, witnesses in heaven. How many know that water is a witness? How many know that the spirit is a witness? So all these things testify of what God can do. Let the records of your life, that which God has, let them begin to be the witnesses of your future. Let that which God has said concerning us as a people, let us come into alignment with it. Don't be afraid of what God is saying to you. Don't be holding back based on what you think you know. Don't make it up. But if God is saying it, believe it and roll with God. Is that clear? Let the witness of heaven speak over an issue. Can we just do this? Can you lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I need witness. I need a witness. I need a witness over this issue. I need a witness over this issue. Can you speak over this matter? Can you give a sound over this that I'm contending with in the name of Jesus? Listen, I keep your hands still up. I know there are some of us, you, you are in the middle of decisions that you ought to make. Listen, God has an opinion. God has a mind over that matter. Can you ask him, God, what's your witness about that individual? What's your witness about that community? What's your witness about that nation? What's What's your witness? What's your witness? What are you saying? What are you saying? What is it that it's in your heart? What have you brought this?
thing into why are you asking me to go there why are you asking me to do that and Lord I thank you for your witness thank you for your witness help me Lord help me to walk according to the authority and the power of the witness thank you Lord in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord So we see God coming in as a witness. You know, God himself steps in as a witness. May what you and I need this week, may heaven answer. May the earth answer. May we see things and may we believe God. May we experience, like he said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Receive power and walk it as my witnesses. So this day we say, God, here we are. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts for you. Move in our midst. Teach us to move. Teach us to step into. We bless you, Lord. And if you are here today and you're watching, listening, and Jesus is not the Lord over your life, I want to invite you just like I was Give your life to Jesus. Open your heart. Let him come in. He will be your Lord. He will be your Savior. I stand as a witness of his goodness. And if you are at the crossroads and it looks almost impassable, let the witness Let the witness of my life say to you that God is able. Let the witness of the children of Israel who left and made it through the Red Sea, made it through the Jordan. Israel is a nation today. Because Jeremiah bought a piece of property. Put the sale receipt in a jar that he buried. And it bore witness that that land was purchased. Let the witness of the blood speak for you. Let the witness of the cross speak for you. Let the witness of the written word speak for you. Let the witness of the prophecies of God, the volumes of the books written concerning you, let them speak for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing with us this afternoon. Can you lift your hands? Receive the authority that is yours. Receive understanding. Receive that which you need. Hallelujah. Listen quickly. If, if, you're, if you are really at a crossroads, I want you to stand to your feet. You're really at a crossroads. I, I don't know what crossroads it is, but just stand to your feet and, and let those hands go up and, and begin to ask the Lord for a witness. Begin to ask the Lord to release. Uh, let, let, let the witness of the kingdom uh, and, and ask the Lord that as you, as you set me free from this, as you open the doors, that you also make me a witness, make me a witness. Lord, today, do, do 
this for your people. Do this for your people. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, whatever it is that is making them stand still i pray today let the witness let the witness of heaven speak let the witness of the earth speak let the witness of the spirit speak let the threefold witness of god on earth let it be released on their behalf let the influence of of the power of a witness i stand as a witness of the goodness of god let the goodness of god God finds you. Let the mercy of God find you. Let that which God is able to do beyond what man can even fathom. Let him come to your aid. And Lord, we pray exercising authority over this virus that is running wild. We quarantine the virus itself. We place limitations on you for the sake of the advancement of the kingdom, for the sake of the saints, for the sake of the purposes of God. We speak peace over that region. Every region that has been found, we quarantine that virus right now in the name of Jesus we we limit it we, we, we speak to the gates of time we squeeze it out now in the name of Jesus don't give them time don't give that virus oh coronavirus you you are you are quarantined we 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 limit your movement in the name of Jesus and father that your work would go on preserve every life Preserve lives in the name of Jesus. Let the goodness of God find us and let the difficulties become places of the deliverance of God, places of the worship of God, places of the breakthroughs of God. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Master. Rado Sakabrado. Sita Kayabas. Rada Kayabuanda. Receive from the Lord today. Connect with the Lord today. We thank you. Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.